I'm all your hunting stuff and your three day scruff. You know I don't lie. And then she started on all my friends and all my drinking. Well, speaking of my friends and speaking of my drinking, I cut her loose and tied one on. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dorm Room Outdoors podcast. Today, we're going to be talking turkey and turkey hunting this upcoming season right around the corner, especially for you guys that are in Wisconsin. We're excited to start getting in the field and chasing turkeys. It's been a long break from our deer hunt and our waterfall hunt. Today, that is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about our upcoming turkey season plans, filming turkey hunts, and we're going to be talking tactics as well. But today I'm with Jared. We're gonna break down for you our plans for this season and how we film our hunts and the tactics we like to employ. So Jared, let's talk turkey. Yes, sir. We're gonna talk about where we're gonna be hunting, when we're gonna be hunting, and how our last season went. So let's start off with when did you draw? It's different for every state, wherever you guys are listening from, but in Wisconsin we have different seasons, A, B, C, D, E, and F. I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'll have Jared tell you when he's going to be hunting and where he's going to be hunting. Yeah, so I put in for first season, and uh, luckily I got that. I've never hunted first season before, so pretty excited about that. Uh, I think you got first season too, didn't you? Yep, and DJ did as well. Okay, yeah, so uh, we're going to be hitting in early for sure. I'm planning on doing some filming youth season for uh, my cousins and stuff, so... That should be fun, too. I think that's April, like, 17th or something. Yeah, it's a few-day season. Wisconsin does it, and I'm sure a lot of other states I've heard of do it to get the youth involved in the outdoors and get into hunting. Um, I remember even going on youth hunts with my dad when I was younger and had some great memories and great experiences, and that's kind of also what got me into being in the outdoors and hunting is those youth hunts. So those are great programs um, that the states have to get those younger generations in and to keep the sport of hunting alive and it's a big part for conservation as well yeah for sure i mean if you're uh kind of our age or whatever uh definitely look into that it means a lot to the kids if you can make the time to take them out and learn about the teach them about the outdoors so yeah and a lot of hunter safety classes also are looking for kind of what would you say sponsors for yeah. taking kids out and volunteers to get kids out hunting. So if you have land to offer and you want to get the youth into hunting, even for turkey, because turkey is so abundant in Wisconsin, we all you Wisconsinites know that there's a lot of turkey here. Yeah, even there, they, I mean, there's a lot of ways to get involved, and I right. think that's kind of what it's all about is getting the next generation interested in hunting and getting them outside. So right. so where are, you, where are you taking your cousin? Um his dad my uncle has mm-hmm. a lot of land so sure um probably take him out there and he gets really excited about getting it all on film too so right uh, i got a couple videos of him in deer season he was all jacked up about that showing all his friends so that's really cool to see yeah that's also another thing that also hooks a guy into hooks a younger person to uh hunting is like if you get to record that and show that back and then like you said he gets to show all of his friends and gets to relive that and you know being you being an older 
relative of his is probably a role model for being out in the outdoors. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, get to teach him a lot and, um, yeah, just have a good time out there. All right, so you are going to be in the Platteville area for this season? Yep. Uh, kind of like we talked about, hunt a lot of permission land, so do a lot of scouting, do a lot of roosting preseason and try to figure out where these birds are at and what properties exactly are going to be the best properties for this year. Mm-hmm. It seems like it kind of switches up every year with these uh, properties I hunt, so we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, it seems like you always see all these birds in deer season, then you never see them during turkey season. Yep, that's Which, what I always say. When it's deer season, you'll see 30 t- turkeys and zero deer, but when it's turkey season, you'll see 30 deer and zero turkeys. So. Oh, yeah, and they'll raise <laughs> hell, too. Yep. They'll raise hell and cause a ruckus. I remember back home where I hunt, um, I had about 40, just a flock of 40 turkeys just making a racket in the, the woods and being an absolute pain to just try and – I'm trying to hunt late season for deer, and you never get a break from them. But then when you try and hunt them in the spring, it seems like they all vanish from where you're hunting. Yeah, so, they get really smart. <laughs> even though their their brain's the size of a pea, they're still smart. Yep. And that's the most frustrating thing is to get outsmarted by something that's got a brain that small. So I guess let's let's uh, recap your last season and kind of walk us through how you did and you know what what your hunting experiences were like. Yeah, I I think I drew second or third season. Mm-hmm. I think it was second season. Um, didn't have a lot of luck um, real early there. I made it out with Ryan. Uh, we did some camping and hunting, which was a lot of fun. We had turkeys all around us, but just couldn't really make it happen. Uh, and then I went out with some buddies from Sundown Outdoors, um, got on some turkeys there, actually missed two of them. So I <laughs> was having a rough time shooting last season, but I finally caught it caught up to one uh fourth season i think so Mm, uh, it was kind of kind of a weird weird scenario i was just kind of driving around going to the next property to uh check for some birds and fields and i saw two or three toms out in this field right off the road and went on onyx and found the landowner information and uh just found his address and went and asked him he said it was cool if i went on his property so took me about 10 minutes to kill a bird so that was pretty cool there you go and i guess for hunting late season everybody knows that it's commonly the earlier season is the better especially when in wisconsin personally from personal experience i've also experienced that early season is a lot better as far as getting tops to commit to your decoys and you know they're they're ready to go but when it goes into later season they're going to be hend up and they're going to just kind of stay where they know they have their hens they're not going to go and venture off unless you catch a a tom that's really or even a jake you know usually the younger birds are out kind of roaming on their own trying to find a hen to mate with so i guess how was uh your early season hunting differ from your late season uh you know early season it was it was just i felt like i kept getting really unlucky Mm -hmm. um you know we had toms all around us all the time and it just seemed like we could never make one commit we'd we'd always get one to hang up yep um it doesn't make i mean not making excuses here but i guess it it doesn't make it easier when you have two people there one guy filming right there's a lot more things that can go wrong there so i don't know if a lot of them saw movement or knew something was up or whatever the case was but 
um, yeah, it, for whatever reason, it was just really tough to get these toms to commit. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's <laughs> always one of the most frustrating things as a turkey hunter, whereas, you, you know, you, in the early waking hours of daylight and you get those those thundering gobbles they're all rattling off around you and then sometimes they just go dead quiet and you wonder okay well did i call too much or did these birds have hens that were just easily accessible to them or did they just not want to kind of blaze their own trail and chase after this call and that's the thing with turkeys is whereas they're not as predictable as some of your other kind of hunts whereas deer maybe during the rut you can kind of bank on them you know being a little bit more responsive as far as a buck being territorial and aggressive whereas if he hears a grunt he might come and check it out a little bit more willingly than a turkey you know that but it's, either way yeah, it's just really tough to say what what kind of mood a turkey's going to be in and mm-hmm. that's kind of what it comes down to if he wants to wants to fight another time if he sees the time decor or if he's just gonna kind of uh shrink up and walk away from it mm-hmm. uh, it's that's kind of, the, I think, the big thing that kind of summarizes my early season is uh, just kind of not finding the right toms at the right time, I guess. So late season, then, how did you change up your tactics as far as, you know, going after these birds? Yeah, you know, I didn't really change anything. The tom that I did kill, I was using the same tactics as um, the other birds. I, Like I said, I got permission on this guy's property. Um got out of the truck and the way the terrain kind of set up there it it was hilly in the field so I was able to kind of sneak down at a low spot and come up on a high spot I had a a tom decoy where I kind of hid behind the fan of that decoy and as soon as I popped over the hill that tom came pretty much charging in on me and I was able to get like a 20 yard shot on him which is how I wanted wanted it to go all season so uh, everything kind of came together there. That's something that gets your adrenaline pumping, huh? Yeah, Just... it's pretty awesome when they when they uh, fan up and come right at you. Right at your face, yeah. And to think that you know you can blend in with just that small decoy in front of your face, and that turkey is just committed on that that one decoy and doesn't even realize what's going on behind it. His yeah. sudden death, almost. Um, so how about your goals for this season? Let's talk about what you think, uh, what you think you want to do as far as, you know, how many turkeys you are looking to get. Cause obviously in Wisconsin, we can get more than one turkey tag cause there's also <coughs> leftover tags from the draw period. So let's just talk about goals. Uh, kill as many turkeys as I can, I guess, mm-hmm. as long as I can keep getting tags, I, I want to be successful obviously. So, um, I guess keep being aggressive too i often think about like if i would have just set up in a blind on the edge of a field would i have killed more more turkeys maybe but i really like the you know taking a decoy and going right at them Mm -hmm. and kind of being exposed in that way and um i i don't know i i just i I just think that's a lot more fun than sitting in a blind so i think i'm just keep doing that and hopefully kill a lot more yeah but also that's also a common debate is whether you know if you're picking a spot to hunt like on the field edge or if you're going to be more aggressive in spot and stock you know which kind of hunting is more successful for turkeys 
And, you know, you'll have guys say that, well, if you know that they have a pattern and they'll fly down from their roost, they roost in the same spot, they fly down to the field, you're going to want to just hunt out of a blind and be stationary. But also, you're going to have guys that say, you know, locate them in the morning, find out where they're gobbling from, where they're roosting, and then wait for them to move and then also then make a move on them and do that stalking kind of thing. So I guess it's just on more of your location and how your birds act. That's also birds act differently on different properties. And I honestly couldn't tell you that there's a perfect way to actually attack how to hunt these turkeys. Yeah, I just think it's kind of whatever you think is most fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think being aggressive and, you know, going out there and just chasing down any gobbles you can you hear is a lot of fun to me so that's kind of the way i want to hunt um whether it's more successful or not i have no idea but it's the way i like hunting Mm -hmm. yeah well as far as for my goals this season um i'm gonna actually try and and i think the whole dorm room outdoors crew is gonna actually try and take out a turkey with a bow which is something i've never yeah. done before that's a totally new territory and we'll actually get into it a little bit at the end of this towards the end of this podcast but for me i've only used you know a shotgun which is pretty common for turkeys yeah um but for as far as a goal i'd say harvesting at least one turkey with my bow would be huge and to even get a turkey into a shot 20 yards and still draw back on a bow with how good of eyesight they have, you know, it's going to be a challenge. It's yeah. not going to it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be cool to get on film for you guys if we end up do harvesting one with a bow. Yeah, actually, Sam got one last year with a bow and got it all on film. So right, that yep. was a pretty cool video. He didn't have a blind or anything, which I was totally surprised when he's like, "Yeah, I didn't have a blind or anything," you know. Yeah, I, <laughs> and there was like four toms there. I don't know how they didn't see him. Sometimes sitting he, on the base of a tree is all you need, and if they're just really honed in on your decoys like they were in that video yeah. you know they they were really aggressive with those decoys and um just it's all about you know not really your concealment as far as it's also about how many decoys you have as well there's no magic formula for me at least as far as what you put out for decoys at least a hen and a jake is really all you would need if you ever wanted to get a decoy for turkey hunting but you know, some people like hunting in a blind, some people like sitting on a tree, and some people like being mobile. But I'm going to be hunting back home where I come from um, in Waukesha County. I'm going to at least hunt there for first season um, with DJ. DJ and I both drew first season, and last season we hunted on um, a property neighboring his grandparents, actually. So he harvested a turkey last year, which was a nice tom. Uh, decent sized beard but we'll be back there this this season hopefully bagging a turkey for you guys on film so you'll be seeing that last season was a little rough for me um, I had a property that I frequently hunted geez since high school since I really started getting into hunting um, for deer and turkey and it used to be a turkey paradise literally I could um, pick a spot on the property and I know they'd be able to come through there at certain parts of the day. I'd have them patterned so well. For this, some reason this year, all these turkeys were gone. 
I didn't have any roosting on the property like I used to. There used to be two, three spots where I'd have groups of turkeys roosting. For some reason, they're all on the neighboring properties. Now, whether that was because of predator pressure or lack of food, which they have surrounding our property is uh, soybeans and uh, corn, farmers end up rotating their crops and actually one of the fields didn't get planted that last season. It was really tough hunting because all these toms that were gobbling and coming in were on neighboring properties that both didn't allow hunting on their property. I tried getting permission but these guys were more opposed to hunting than the normal landowner. We did have some jakes come in late morning but they were just really deep into some buckthorn uh, at the edge of a fire lane and I just didn't feel comfortable pushing a shot through that with how deep they were in. Otherwise, you know, if they're a little bit more open, I probably would have bagged a bird last year, but it didn't go as well. And when I hunted later season with DJ on one of his one of the properties neighboring his grandparents, I had some good experiences, uh, good encounters, but just a little too far for the reach for my shotgun to poke out there. And that's really a thing with turkey hunting. Like you said, it's just marginal, marginal things that you... It's the difference between harvesting a bird or not. And it's just kind of like if you got a horseshoe in your back pocket as far as whether or not want to commit to you. Right. I guess we're going to go on to filming turkey hunts and how that kind of differs from our typical deer hunting or waterfall hunting. I'll have uh, Jared kind of take that for me and just kind of talk to you guys about pre-planning for our, our hunts and how the filming type kind of differs. Yeah, I'd say turkey is probably the hardest hunt to film. Um, there's just, like you said, there's so many things that can go wrong. Uh, and eyesight's the number one thing, especially when we're hunting like we hunt. Um, the one little wrong move can cost you to the hunt. So having another guy there with a camera, is, it makes it a lot different lot more difficult so yeah and i guess that having that extra guy is helpful so you don't have to sell film because if you're gonna spot yeah, stock yeah. and gonna try and sell film you know you might as well throw it out the window because crawling on the ground with a shotgun a decoy and your camera you're not gonna get any shot at all so that's almost where you have to have a blind set up and or at least spots where you know that these turkeys are gonna frequent and then you could draw them in to get a good shot of the kill, which is obviously what we're trying to do every time we film and go out and hunt. Having two people trying to stock up on a turkey, that's also a difficult thing to conceal as well because turkeys are stupid, but they're not. You know, yeah. they, they, they know when something's up. Yeah, I always, I always think of it like they're so stupid, they make stupid decisions that are unpredictable, like... Yeah, it's a like perfect even, way to even, put it. even even when you know like, all right, they're gonna want to come to this cornfield, right? Mm -hmm. But they decide to go the other way for no reason at all. Yep, they're just that stupid. <laughs> That's the thing about honest. No, uh, no animals have an agenda, so it's just whatever they want to do during that specific time frame. But what about uh, pre-planning for your hunt? I guess what what kind of goes into that? Yeah, I mean. Roosting is the number one thing mm -hmm. that can help you out a lot if 
the roosting right on a field edge. Obviously, you should be on that field edge in the morning. Yeah, I, just driving around and kind of seeing where they're at that afternoon will help you a lot for a morning hunt. Kind of see what turkeys are in which areas and what properties are going to be um, good for turkeys for the coming days, I guess, is kind of what I do for pre-planning. So. Yeah, and if you guys saw on our most recent video, when you and Ryan were last season camping out, you had turkeys roosting. Right, right above the tent. Right above the tent. Yep. And if I remember right, you still didn't even no. get on a bird that day. No. Uh, that next morning I did get on a bird. Um, ended up crawling about 100 yards in a field. Took a shot at 60 and missed him. So mm-hmm. he, yeah. it, it was just, like I said, it's just kind of depending on how they feel. He had two hens with him, so he wasn't ready to fight me. Or the decoy, for that matter. Right. Um, so he just kept on pushing those hens further and further away. And it yeah. got to the point where I was actually on my knees and my hands, like going as fast as I can towards them, and even just kind of keep that same distance that whole time, about 60 yards. So. Yep, and that's what makes turkey hunting fun and also challenging. Just that that process of having to, you know, grind out that, that crawl for 100 yards that, that's not easy for anybody no. don't don't care how in shape you are or how out of shape you are having to endure that and also keep focus on that animal that you're pursuing making sure that you know they're they're still in play and that you could still have the chance to harvest them that takes a lot of focus and a lot of energy out of you yeah and i mean you could go to the next bird and he'll come charging in on you right it's just totally like i said depending on the bird it's yeah it's like each bird has its own personality yeah. and you'll have your aggressive birds that will just come you know like you see on the internet those they're just sprint full sprint right up until they're in your face then they get in that fan and you, the guy will smoke them at five yards yeah it's easy hunt right but then you'll have those other ones that are a little bit skittish they could be older birds smarter birds and they could have been you know experience a little bit of hunting pressure in the past and they, they just might be a little bit more decoy shy and not want to commit like those aggressive birds. Now, I guess that comes into play is whether or not your older birds are going to be more wise, just like your more mature white-tailed bucks, and your jakes are going to be uh, a lot more daring because, you know, lack of experience and lack of lifespan. So I guess what do you think about the age of a turkey as far as a factor of harvesting one? Well, yeah, it's, it's always a lot easier to get those satellite birds to come in. Um getting those toms that kind of rule the area and have their own hens is obviously going to be a lot more difficult to have them come into a hen decoy or hen Mm -hmm. yelps or a jake decoy for that matter Um, yeah it's i mean really they have no reason to come fight a jake they already fought every jake in the area they have you know say four hens out in the field why would they break off from them and come fight you so that i think that's what makes it pretty difficult to get them to commit to you yeah and typically from my experience is that those jakes will stay in kind of bachelor groups like younger bucks will especially going into the rut and they'll start sparring and we all know how that kind of goes but having younger birds just stay in those groups the first turkey i actually harvested was a jake and they all came in and about i think four or five of them came into my my decoys, I had a jake and, a hen, and two hens out. 
they just all they're more curious than aggressive which was something that i didn't expect but just having just seeing that made me think that okay those young inexperienced birds are just more of checking it out more than being territorial and trying to fight for hens because they probably got their butts kicked by toms right those young young jakes just really don't want to get in another fight Mm because they've been beat on for so long it's right really comes down to that that's why it's so tough yeah so i guess well we kind of covered it a little bit earlier in this podcast but our uh, tactics for turkey you know what let's talk about what we think is the best move for harvesting a bird and what we think these listeners could maybe imply maybe this season to harvest one yeah i think roosting birds gets overlooked a lot I think that's probably more important than the morning of your hunt. Finding those birds the night before and uh, making a game plan, get in the right area, don't waste your time. I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, Gives you a lot more confidence to it. Makes it a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess, what are your thoughts on locating calls? I know I've I've heard a lot of (laughs) things that say, yeah, I've had birds respond, and oh, it really works. But in my personal experience, I haven't really had a lot of luck with locator calls. I've tried, you know, the owl, the owl hoots, and the crow calls, and just I haven't seemed to have birds that want to react to it. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on the situation. I think I like to go owl hoot because it's I think it's a lot more safe. Um, if you go out there and do hen yelps especially the morning of if you go out there and try to locate birds at say eight o'clock and trying to find a bird to get on if you do hen yelps he now knows like okay there's a hen over there i should kind of keep my eye on that area mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep and if you if he gobbles and you start you know coming towards him he's already got his attention towards that area because he knows okay there's a hen over there yeah but if you do a ho- owl hoot a lot of times you can get him to shot gobble and you know, they're not going to necessarily pay more attention to that spot that you did that owl hoot from. Right. So that's kind of my thought process on it. I the, I think that, in my experience, the closer you get to the tom, the easier it is to get them to shot gobble. So yeah. when you're calling in a, a tom, you know, how much do you think is too much calling? Because there could be a fine line between, you know, roping them in or maybe deterring them because he might think that, you know, this, this seems a little off just because yeah. of how aggressive you might be with calling. So I guess what's the what's the line that you kind of draw for yourself as far as being a little bit more conservative, more aggressive as calling? Well, you got to remember in nature, it's not the toms going to the hens. It's the hens going to the toms. So I always try to be conservative with the calling. If I get a tom really, really fired up, goblin at every yelp i put out i'm gonna shut up for 30 minutes because he's as long as i yelp he's gonna stay right there because he's thinking okay she knows i'm here i'm gonna she's gonna keep coming to me she's gonna keep coming to me she's gonna keep coming to me but if you shut up and he doesn't have any other hens come in the area well what's he's gonna do he's gonna go to the where he knows a hen is at yeah so i think that's kind of the most success I get from it, because like I said, if you keep yelping and you keep yelping, overcalling, overcalling, he's just going to stay in that one spot because that's what they do in nature. Yep. And I guess 
it's going to have that kind of luck thing again, as we talked about earlier. Is like if that Tom really wants that hen, he's going to commit and he's going to come to you. But if you don't have that horseshoe in your back pocket that day when you got that Tom, you know, responding or cutting you off right as you're in the middle of your yelp, and you know he's really fired up, you just still might hang up at 50 yards, and he might not want to. He just wants you to come to him, which obviously you can. But if you don't have a decoy and you're blind hunting or just sitting on the field edge at a base of a tree, that's not really something you're accessible to. So it's just depending on how the bird's feeling, which is really a lot of turkey hunting and how your success goes. Yeah, and I mean, a pretty common situation, I think, is you get a bird really fired up at 7 a.m. or sunrise, and it goes, flies down and shuts up. Um, I think... In my experience, about 8 to 8.30, toms will start breaking off of hens. So if you get a, a tom to really, like, gobble at every single yelp or locator you put out, and then he shuts up up until 8.30, once, like, 8.30 hits, it they're, they're more likely to want to break off and get really active again, in my experience. So yep. if you locate a tom and he shuts up, don't get too discouraged and just i think waiting it out would probably be the right move there in that situation yeah and you know sometimes when i've been out hunting the mid to late morning is also one of the more prosperous times as far as getting birds to respond to you oh commonly it's guys after eight being out there till eight nine o'clock they're going to pack it up and go home for lunch and then come back out in the afternoon before these birds go back to roost. But staying out there that extra hour or two, you might have that Tom breaking off, like you said, and looking for a new group of hens or a new hen. If you're obviously just being solo, new hen to try and mate with. So sometimes those later morning hunts are going to be a lot more prosperous as far as harvesting a Tom. You know, I I grew up hunting turkeys with my grandpa, and he will never go out before 8 a.m. because of that right there. He he thinks that mid morning is the best time to hunt. So uh, I, all the way growing up, growing up, I never really hunted turkeys before 8 a.m. There you go, and there's a tried and true old timer experience for you to kind of back up what we were just talking about about late morning, mid to late morning hunts. So I guess let's let's talk about bow hunting for turkeys. This is going to be your first season, like you yeah. said, and then my first season. And then I don't know who else in the dorm room outdoors crew is going to try and use a bow, but we're going to all hopefully try and challenge ourselves and get one. But let's, let's kind of talk about what we kind of think the best strategies are for bow hunting because spotting and stalking with a bow is going to be a little bit different than a gun. Yeah. I... I don't think I'll spot and stalk for turkeys with the mm-hmm. bow. <laughs> right. I think probably the blinds the best way to go. I when I decide I'm gonna go for one with a bow, I think probably the best way to go is probably locate them the night before and mm-hmm. have a blind set up on that field edge that right. they're on. I mean, ideally for the next morning. And I guess it also comes into a factor is how far of a shot you're confident with, and for a turkey at least. I know deer hunting, you got a little bit more of a, a target hit zone, but for a turkey, if you watch 
the dorm room outdoors video where Sam shot his, you know, he, he smoked that thing and that, that bird still went for a while and went up to roost. And I think he only caught it when he heard twigs snapping and him falling out of the tree, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like an hour and a half later or something. Right. He made a really good shot on that bird. I was surprised yeah. by how far he went. And it's not like when you shoot a deer, you know, you, you know you have a good shot on you. You whack him, you hear that, that good smack, and you got good blood. But if I remember, Sam's blood trail wasn't even that significant. No. So hunting with a bow and having that shot placement is really important as far as you know making sure that you harvest this bird that you shoot and having that range that you're comfortable with shooting is also a big factor so i guess what do you think is probably the best at least for your preference your best zone as far as you can take a shot at a turkey i mean obviously 20 yards is ideal yeah and as for um, any yeah hunting, i, I mean any kind of hunting but I'd say out to probably 30 yards, I'd mm-hmm. be comfortable with taking a turkey. Right. They can't move as much as a deer, mm-hmm. which you kind of got to play into that. So it, it's all about kind of confidence. But for me, I think 30 yards with a bow would kind of be my max I would do. Uh, closer the better, too, because, I mean, if you're comfortable enough to take a headshot or a neck shot, that'd be even better. Yeah. Obviously. And as they say, aim small, miss small. So when you're practicing for turkey season you know obviously have that in mind whereas you have a lot smaller target to hit as far as vitals instead of having you know a bigger section for vitals for big game or whitetail yeah and i kind of got to do my homework on where their vitals are placed i guess i don't have too much to say about that but that's something i'm gonna have to read in on well and usually don't have to worry about it because with hunting with a shotgun you know you just Aim, for, Aim the for the head and neck, and usually you're you're hitting his brain or you're breaking his neck just from the force of the shot. So you wouldn't even have to worry about it unless he's flopping around there and yeah, you just got a little bit of life left in him that you got to squeeze out. But that's just a whole other challenge that I think I'm super excited for personally. It's just something new to do and um, another way to just kind of expand my involvement in the outdoors. Yeah, challenge yourself. It's gonna be a. I'm sure it's not gonna be like a one hunt deal. It's gonna be nope a week or two week <laughs> mission. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of preparation, like Jared said, and we talked about our pre planning for a hunt and making sure you're putting in. You know, if you got the time to put in a few hours and before season starts, you know, go out for a morning just for an observation sit and kind of learn how your birds are gonna act and respond to calls and where their their patterns are because from what i've experienced turkeys have a pattern that they tend to do every single day and they'll follow it and stick to it maybe not the timeline might not be consistent depending on the weather and what time it gets light out what time it gets dark out all those deciding factors but if you can kind of get an idea as far as a pattern for these turkeys before you go on the hunt, that's going to greatly, greatly increase your chance of success, especially with a bow when we're talking about getting a 20, 30-yard shot. Yep. I mean, you got to remember they don't want to die. Yeah. So <laughs> their whole the less, goal is to survive. The, the less you can educate them, the better for sure. I mean, they're not the smartest animals, but they're going to know. You know, last time I went into that decoy right by that weird-looking blind thing, yeah. uh, 
I got shot at, so mm-hmm. yep. definitely want to be safe as you can. Well, Jared, thanks for talking turkey with me. Had a good good conversation. Hopefully, you listeners enjoyed as well. And good luck to you guys going out into the field here coming up. We wish you the best. Jared, thanks for talking with me. Yep. And a big shout-out to our sponsors, Browning Trail Cams. As we've talked about before, we have made the switch to all of our trail cams for Browning. We can't beat the quality. Those pictures that you see on our Instagram that look so crisp, so clean, they're coming from Browning Trail Cams, and we can't say enough good things about them for the quality and for the price. They match the price ranges that you may be looking for, whether you're looking for a lower end camera where you don't need too many fancy features, but you still want good quality. Or if you want to go up to the cell cam, you know, you want pictures right to your phone, which is also very dangerous. I know because I've, I've got a cell cam myself and every time I get a text message, I always decide to go and look at it, which distracts me from quite a bit. But Browning trail cameras should be your next trail cameras for this season. And for Thorn, they're the best broadheads that I've used as far as bow hunting goes. And now we'll be testing them out on a turkey. And you'll hopefully get to see our usage on them. You've seen the deer damage that they've done. And we really love their quality. Our listeners get USA10, a discount code, for 10% off your order. So USA10 just for you guys, just for listening, just for watching, as a thanks for your support. So guys, thank you again. We will catch you in the next podcast, and good luck out there. My truck's where my money goes, got bug blood on my Sunday clothes, and directions to a honey hole that I'll never tell. And I know it's redneck of me, letting moonshine get the best of me, but I'm unapologetically country as hell. People say I'm poor dunk, but I don't.